everyone. Welcome to the Resolve Stream. I'm Chris here with my cousin and co-host, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. A huge, I say this every week, but it is true. Sometimes we miss a week, we come back, but there is a huge data dump about to go on. We've got a lot to cover and good stuff too. Yeah, a lot to cover, a lot of good stuff. Um, first though, I know you mentioned this before we started. Did you want to give a little shout out to um, your, you know, your the unfortunate uh, celebrity um, death that happened? The unfortunate passing, yes. Which I think there's actually well, been a couple of them. There has. Recently, I mean, I think un- I think we've discussed Betty. I think we discussed Betty White. Uh, but yes, sometimes folks. Uh, you read People magazine and you see celebrities are just like us. They get coffee, they do their laundry, they pick up their dry cleaning, and they die. <laughs> so, in in that celebrity column today, uh, I think we got to mention Meatloaf. So, by all accounts, Meatloaf's had a strange life. Uh, yeah. Marvin Lee a day is his real name. I given my even though we have a podcast that purports to be up on all of the uh, goings on in the media world, I had no idea his daughter was like a popular singer. Meatloaf's that daughter? That was new to me. Yeah. She's oh, like, I didn't know that either. A day, something a day, yeah. Regardless, generally he seemed to be beloved by his friends and family and those that were left behind and actors and actresses that worked with him in the movies. Uh, There was no negative story, which is unusual, that came out after he passed. Usually they they can't wait to say something crazy. But Meatloaf, like, let's talk for a second about the huge impact of Bad Out of Hell in the 70s that nobody wanted, no label wanted to touch. It was rock opera, which was a format that didn't exist until him. Uh, And him and Jim Steinman, who also passed away, was a songwriter. I'm going to say possibly the best combination of lyricist and singer in the modern times, like in the last... 50 years wow yeah because jim steinman wrote crazy songs like weird stuff would you okay would you say more so than um a duo like elton john and um i'm blanking on his name his guy yep right i i'm gonna say yes because here's why i think I think Elton John can sing a variety of different songs and not to take away from Meatloaf's talent, but I think Meatloaf has Bernie a Toppin was uh, Elton John's. Bernie Toppin. Meatloaf has a lane and Jim Steinman like is the guy who paves that lane. I think that's how I would describe it. Uh, you know, Elton, I think can do a lot of stuff. Okay. You could do a lot of stuff. But okay. you know, just on a personal note, like I remember you remember this. I would I would force everyone to listen to Meatloaf in the car rides. And of course. I brought that CD everywhere. He <laughs> was he was a part of every single playlist, a part of every single road trip. Uh just a 
like rock titan that didn't get enough credit and wasn't your normal rocker. I mean, look, this was a 300-pound man. He wasn't covered in tattoos. He wasn't a notorious druggie. And he Mm -hmm. generally was pleasant when giving interviews and talking to people. And, you know, he didn't do the, like, I have to pretend to be something I'm not. He's just like, I'm meatloaf. Here I am. Listen to my voice. And I dig it. I respect that. His um, potential politics aside, because we don't know if he was vaccinated or not, but um, we'll leave that out of it. But he did pass from COVID. So just just be careful out there, everyone. Even the the rich and famous are pass away from this too. So, you know, it's it's, while, while mandates are going away and and things of that nature still, you know, be careful out there. That's, that's all we'll yes. say. I think that's a fair thing to say um, it's still not without done. getting political. Just be careful. Correct. hundred <clears throat> percent. Let's get into fun stuff. Let's do it. Let's move on. What do you say? Let's, let's talk some book of Boba. Yes. Um, we are stuff. going to recap two episodes. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're going to recap that is the, um, the penultimate episode and the finale. Right. What? So like these were two pretty polar opposite episodes because the penultimate episode was essentially... So the the f- right. second Mandalorian episode that we got this season, and you got everything that you predicted. Right. So essentially, this was the second Mandalorian episode that we get. Right. Um, with that uh, episode six of Boba and. Again, like I said, you you got everything that you predicted. I did. I got everything I predicted. I was very happy with it. I have to say, I was very happy with it. I liked the interaction between Luke and, um, oh my goodness, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Grogu. Oh, Gro- uh, well, Ahsoka. not I, Grogu. Ahsoka. Luke and Ahsoka. Excellent job. Even her little dig about like, oh, you're so much like your father, you know, or I'm a friend of the family. That was so nice. Um, but what did you think of the CGI for Mark Hamill? Well, again, before we get into the details of the episode, I'm not like the biggest fan of Mm -hmm. the CGI person. Like, okay. I am more of a proponent of, I would rather have it recast and give someone else the chance to play the role. Um, as opposed to just bringing back someone to play their younger self 30 years later using technology. That being said, you literally cannot tell that that's a completely computer-generated person. I 100% agree. This is by far the best um, they've done so far. Like This is a total upgrade. I I don't know if I'm with you on the cast a new actor guy. Um, but, but yeah, I could see, I see your point. 
as far as the details go, like the the minutia of the episode, it's obviously a Mandalorian episode, heavy into Grogu, heavy into Luke, Grogu and Luke. Um, I loved bringing back Yoda's lightsaber and kind of giving this young Yoda creature an option. It's like, here you go. Spoiler alert. It's you have a choice if you want to continue being a Jedi. Here is Luke. Uh, here's Yoda's lightsaber, uh, or here is the chainmail spoilers uh, T-shirt that right the Mando had made for you, and it closes on that. But how awesome! Because I know Empire Strikes Back is your favorite Star Wars. Oh yes. How awesome was it that you got to see a training sequence with a little Yoda on the back of Luke Skywalker? Oh yeah, I mean that—that's me. Like the little things that they did to yes. like shout out um, Empire Strikes Back. I think was great. We are living in the best of all possible worlds, and it's—it's it's crazy to say that because of all this that's going on, COVID nonsense, everything else. But like. It's we're going to talk about Peacemaker. We're yeah. going to talk about these movies that are coming out. We've lived through the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe that's ongoing. And now Mandalorian has every episode, like 99% of the episodes have been huge hits. Book of Boba, it's yeah. had its low points, but like it's still so much fan service and awesomeness. I just that that being said too, because I I think there's a fine line with yeah. fan service. Um, I think what they've done to date mm-hmm. has been good fan service. At least at the very yes. least with with Mandalorian, definitely. Um, I think there are certain things where it becomes, you know. If, if it's just like a movie of Easter eggs where it's only fan service, that's where right. I get. That's, that's where, where it I'm gets. Out. Yeah. No, they're you know telling I mean? a so, story. They're doing, a good, they're doing a good job. They're doing a good job. Now, um, as, as, as that goes though, the, the, they're banking heavily on people watching this series because now, by the time we get to Mando again, like when his show starts again, There's so much two episodes right there that are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so and, and much I think part happened. of it too is like, look at what they do with Marvel, you know, it's all well, yeah. intertwined. They're, so they're trying to do the same thing with it. TV. Here's the, here's really the thing that I think they're, they are banking on, but they're also not it, like not as, in the same way as, as kind of you're saying, but sneakily they're, they're kind of making the assumption, or I don't know if they're trying to entice people to watch um, clone wars. Yes. I was going to get to that because of Cad Bane. Now I haven't watched clone wars, but well, let's go. We got Cad Bane who looked cool. That's what I was going to ask you. Like having not watched. So I watched all of Clone Wars. I enjoyed it. I think you would enjoy it. Um, but it's a commitment. 
And and quite frankly, a lot of the lore of the modern Star Wars cinematic universe, the Solo movie, um, Mandalorian, this all pull heavily from Clone Wars. Yeah, heavily. But having never seen it, Cad Bane shows up. You don't have the initial like, oh my god, that's that guy that we had from watching this series. What did you think? Like, how did that so, hit you? So here's the thing, and I'm, this is where it's going to kind of leak into the next episode. Next episode. Let's is go. I was very interested in mm-hmm. who he was. I was like, oh, this seems like this could be a very cool character. And yes. then by the end of the season finale, like that's it. So it's like that's almost it. like you need to go watch clone wars if you want any of this character which i wasn't a big i I wasn't a fan of that i agree so again spoilers he dies cad bane (laughs) they dispatch him at the end of uh at the season finale of book of boba i was against that he's a totally cool character he's something new that we haven't seen in live action format um Whenever they introduce new aliens, it makes sense because look, it's it's a galaxy of aliens. So I have like I don't brush up against a different looking thing. It's like, well, we've never seen that before. Well, that's okay because there's you know tons of aliens out there. It also makes sense that he would show up on Tatooine, the at Mos Eisley, the hive of scum and villainy. So I thought that was a terrible idea that they got rid of him. Because season two could have made use of the byplay of Boba Fett and Cad Bane. So I think well, they wrote I'm, themselves I'm into assuming, a corner. I'm assuming as well that there's some sort of history between those two. Yeah, so Boba Fett obviously uh, is orphaned young when Jango Fett dies. And he's brought into the bounty hunter game by some older Cad Bane-like people. And he meets all of them. Gotcha. Yeah. But so now that we're in the in the ultimate episode, the season finale of Boba Fett, I got everything I wanted out of it. I think it was a little slow, a little slow. I was a little like, what are we doing? And then the last 15 minutes of the last episode was absolutely everything. And it was like, even Cad Bane was like, oh, you're going soft in your old age. Cad Bane mm-hmm. also voiced by the same guy who voices him in the uh, Clone Wars. But I, he's like, you're going soft in your old age. And then Boba Fett is the total badass we wanted him to be the whole time, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I got to be honest. Especially with was, the final riding issue that we can get to at the end. I was very underwhelmed by the, the last finale. episode. Really? Extremely underwhelmed. Yeah. Wow. It it was it was like how dare you? Forty minutes of just shooting back and forth between pikes and then giant robots. And I was just like, yeah. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I, it was a little video gamey. I I'll grant you. Yeah. Like the rancor was kind of cool, and you know we knew he was gonna ride in on it. I don't know. There was no payoff on um, Danny Trejo. I know. I know. Um, What was going on there? I just, it, it, it really like, I think with that finale, like 
I can firmly say that the, the what we got from Boba yeah. in this season, I I didn't really need any of it. Like I'm good. Like the I... Mando stuff was easily yeah. the best out of everything that they did. It was easily it moved the best. that story along, and this was kind of like, what was the point? I, look, I like the With all the Boba stuff. I like the getting out of the Sarlacc pit live action sequence. I enjoyed that. I wanted that. So they showed me that. I was happy. I like the Rancor payoff. And as much as I like that he's got a Rancor, I like that he wrote it because that was badass. Um, I like seeing Tatooine, seeing Mos Eisley, seeing the Cantina, seeing those aliens. I'll be honest with you. The thing that I brush up against Every scene where the like Power Rangers biker gang kids are in. Oh my god! Uh, there's one we specifically we have to talk about, but continue. <laughs> I did not like one bit. Like they for some, it almost looked like it was filmed different too. Like it just they don't work. We need to get rid of the bikes and we need to phase those kids out because it's not working. So like. Well, the one thing I I specifically want to talk about was the the spin move that the one guy does for shooting. I know what what that was was the most unnecessary thing I've ever seen in my life. He like talked to the director and was like, "Listen, man, please, I'm going to do this thing. Let me do this thing," and they left it in. Like that's that's what happened there. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that that made no sense to me. But like the, the, I think a lot of the issue that I had was that they didn't really spend any time selling us on things that were important. So, for instance, mm-hmm. like they didn't sell us on the the mods the spy kids the spy kids and right why boba would even like give them a second thought right right they didn't sell us on boba fett's motivation to and and connection with tatooine and most Eisley. like why did that he care correct. about the citizens out of nowhere that is correct. like what was that and like the 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 tuscans um, his experience with them is too like loose of a connection between them and the citizens to really buy into the fact that oh, because he cared about the Tuscans, now he yeah. cares about I'll give these you random townspeople. Yeah. Like that didn't make any sense to me. Um, we never got a payoff of um, our boy who was the um, the guy who sold water. I know Stephen Root. Didn't get any payoff of, of severe lack of Steven. Um, there was just there were a lot of things that were just I don't know like they that it just kind of seemed like they made this to make it and there's no reason why they had to make turn Boba into the character he is like Boba is a much less interesting character now after this season of Boba Fett than he was hmm. before they made this. I look. I agree in as much as I think he should be a villain. And, right. you know, 
even like an anti-hero of some sort, but a villain. Like this is a he was a bounty hunter. He was notorious for disintegrations. So notorious that Darth Vader had to be like, you need to watch it, dude. Okay, no disintegrations. I need these people alive. That's what we wanted to see. Having said that, I'm not worse off as a Star Wars fan now than I was before. Because with any luck, they find their footing, they get themselves together, and they, they decide how they're moving forward. We've got a Rancor. We've got him on Tatooine. He's got his ship. There's no more imminent threat from rival gang. So to me, next season is the business season. It's like, all right, you know, we've got, we're in control. I'm the die Mao of, of Tatooine. They have two choices. It's either he does some off-world business or there's like, there's a, a Nancy Drew type issue on Tatooine that he's got to deal with every week. Like, what's the new Tatooine problem? Yeah, I could buy into that, I guess. I don't know. I think there's some repairing that they have to do. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. And Didn't you know, blow me I do away, understand but the I wasn't conundrum they're in because you can't make another bounty hunter show because we already have it we do already have it so like that's where you needed to again like you said lean into him Mm. being a crime lord yes and they didn't do that they wanted him to just be a straight up rehabilitated hero and i don't know i don't don't know how i feel about that i I think that was very unnecessary and it made him the whole point of him was how cool he was how Correct. inherently cool he was. And some of that was stolen by Mando, right? Just yeah. because Mando was introduced first before Boba was reintroduced. Right. Um, but also, I think part of that is like now he's not as cool because he's good. I agree with that wholeheartedly. He's not as cool because he's too likable. You can't have him do some of the badass stuff because he has to be a good guy. However, let's let's end with a preview of Mando because that's essentially what this was. Some of the biggest questions that we left Mando with were answered in the Boba Fett show. Correct. They were like, forget splitting him and Grogu up. Exactly. We need them back together. We need them back together. But now what form does that take? Because so essentially... It totally eliminates Luke Skywalker from the story, right? It's essentially. I'm sure he'll turn up again somewhere. I guess, but I like, mean, maybe in the Ahsoka series. In the Ahsoka series, and which in, what's interesting is they do like because I think but she's Harden, done too. No, but she's going to get a show at least. No, she's getting her show, but like they're no longer like. What's the point of having them in Mando? when the kid chose to be with him like we're no longer going to be a jedi yeah yeah i i guess so so part of it is one thing that i did find interesting um was i I think a lot of questions have been um 
as far as like these shows go and this new kind of universe that they're expanding is how much of the newest trilogy counts. Okay. You know what I mean? And I did find it interesting that they were at least alluding to and showing the very beginning of Luke Skywalker's Jedi school. I noticed that they're building the temple, the temple that eventually gets burned down. Yes. I'm fine with it. I liked the idea of the old extended universe books where there's, he returns kind of to Coruscant and, you know, restarts the temple there, but you know, it's all good. I just think now that we've got Grogu back with Mando, but there's no longer the need to get him to his people. I guess we go back to keeping him safe from the empire because they want him, but also, well, not the empire, but the, the, you know, the first order or the last remnants of the empire, but also now the dark saber issues. So like the first several seasons of, of yes. Mando was like Grogu centric him. The, the two, they were awesome together. I love little Yoda. It's amazing. But once we got him to safety, it was like, okay, now we've got dark saber stuff. We're going to deal with that. And we're going to go in this direction. I don't know how we blend the worlds, but I'm excited to see. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see too. And uh, a lot of it does seem like an expansion of clone wars oh very much i really have to watch um you do dude i might i might try to like pick and choose like see if there's a a A best watching order a a syllabus (laughs) that i could have just the important episodes watch those because some of them like i started it and i watched it the first couple episodes i was just like there's not much going on here so much going on um and that's where dark like so much dark mall darth mall returns everything right but i'm nowhere near any of that yeah um, that's true. fair enough let's let's move past star wars we are not listen very least i'm happy that we got more star wars and we got book of boba correct um and you know, excited to see what's next. Next up, we got a confirmation that um, uh, Obi-Wan premieres in May. Right, which that is probably the thing I've been most excited for. And I pray that that is awesome. And even though Obi-Wan has essentially been in every single star wars movie and tv show and like clone wars was so heavily uh, obi-wan and and anakin all that right i don't know what to expect because we we know nothing about his time on tatooine other than yoda sends him there with training on how to come back from the afterlife He's like, you know, I will teach you to commune with Qui-Gon. He's learned to come back. And that's his training on Tatooine while he's there. And he's like, I will take the boy to Tatooine and watch over him. So, but they really can't go wrong because, number one, Ewan McGregor is just charming and charismatic. 
And two, we don't know. Like we knew Boba Fett was awesome and a badass. So it's kind of a letdown when these things happen. But as long as Ewan's doing Ewan, I think we're going to be all right. Right. Because at least we've already had him. Yeah. As, as Obi-Wan. Like Boba Fett, he, he played um, Django. Yeah. He had never played Boba before. Correct. So it's like, what were we going to get there? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, this at least will have an idea of, okay, it's just going to be back to, you know, it's going to be more familiar. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Anyways, I'm excited for it. Um, let's talk about Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Chris, I have so many <laughs> things to say about Peacemaker. I was the biggest nabob. I was a naysayer. Uh, a, a a peacemaker denier in the beginning and now uh, this is one of my favorite things but i want you to start like i want you you get involved before i monopolize my my that all right so so we saw two episodes since we last talked um oh yeah the one episode was um essentially when uh, the police come after uh, Peacemaker um, after they, you know, release his father. And um, essentially the butterfly jar breaks open. Yep. And it takes over uh, Detective Song. And it's, it just becomes a whole mess. And then the by the end of the episode, the entire police force and prisoners and everyone get taken over by the butterflies um and then on top of it you have um peacemaker's father is putting on his armor and plotting to kill his son correct and we get all kinds of payoff with with him with the father who is we the worst do human by uh, the next episode. So then in the, in the next episode, they're looking to kill the, the cow that is producing the food that the butterflies eat. So the and, team is, is going, right. they know that they're uncovered now because the whole police force is taken over, including the inside man that they had on their um, tail. So, so then we get, you know, you get the stuff with, uh, um, with Adebayo, how she kind of planted the, the diary and portrayed the team, but she gets we get, welcomed back in. Um, we get confirmation that she is Amanda Waller's daughter. Yes, the team now finds that out, or at least Hardcourt does. And um, then you have Mern gets killed. Mm-hmm. He, he gets taken out by his own people. His own butterflies. His own butterflies. And then you get, by the end of it, you have Peacemaker who takes out his father. Now, let's... Number one. I jumped around a lot, but I think I hit the... So you hit hit the fineries, absolutely. I think the penultimate, or, you know, the the episode prior to this one that we're going to discuss was good it was serviceable it was excellent it gave me everything i wanted but this last episode my god i believe it's episode seven okay 
his him fighting his father, which it's hard to believe that that was not the ultimate episode, that that was not the finale. Right. That was intense. Intense. Uh, his father's the most horrific man on the planet. Um, <laughs> and we learn, we learn that the driving force behind Peacemaker was the death of his brother, which was which he blames himself for. However, it was brought on by his father because right. apparently when him and the 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 white power uh, super friends get together, they have these fighting fist fighting matches, bare knuckle boxing matches in the backyard of the trailer park. And they bet on the kids. They bet on the kids. That. So the kids fight and you know, the brother takes a wild hit, hits the floor and has a seizure, dies. And the father, Augie Smith, totally immediately blames his like nine year old son or whatever, 11 year old son. Instead of you did this, for forcing this the two to fight each other. Exactly. He literally tells him, come on, punch him harder. And then he yes. does. And like, look at what happened. Exactly. So. Just a pile of disgusting there. Um, and it, it it sells. Like, I get it. I get that that's why he is messed up. Well, and the and fact he's like that he's able to, man-child. you know, overcome it to some extent right. and be at least more of a decent human being than not a decent human being is, is 100%. something. And again, like we talked about this before, the the foul language, the um, slurs, ethnic, racial, and uh, creed, otherwise, are bad, obviously, but they they make sense in the telling of the story because it's like this: here are the bad guys and why they're bad. Here is a guy that was raised by horrendous people and still somehow came out a decent person, met other politically correct, decent people, and is and they are making him a better person. Like, I love this show because to me, it's demonstrating what's lost in the in the world today, which is you don't you're not you don't like just come out perfect. It takes time yeah. and people change and people learn and people do things and you make friends and you get people from different backgrounds and you learn things about the world and about cultures and all that. And like, while this show is presenting action and drama and awesomeness, it's also doing a really good job of, getting a message across like telling a politically got it's got a good message and it's not tagging anybody it's not tagging republicans or democrats or anything like that it's just saying like look here's a real human story well told through the prism of this wild crazy outlandishness and i i think that's one thing that james gunn does that within all of the like um absurdity that's on the outside of the things that he makes yes within each movie is a 
real um is a real character study and and journey from within that the characters go through look at the first guardians of the galaxy that's a ragtag team of outcasts coming together and becoming a family then you have guardians galaxy 2 that's all about um fatherhood and you know peter quill's connection to his biological father versus his adopted father who ends up being yondu and then you have another kind of character study of a father son relationship and why the son came out so messed up and how he's trying to overcome that. Exactly. I, that, that gets me for some reason, like those connections, it makes sense to me. I love it. Um, we didn't talk about the specifics, like in the episode, in the last episode, well, all right. So second to last episode, the scene of the butterflies invading the police station. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was going to mention that. Yeah. It's like something out of a sci-fi movie, like Invasion of the Body Snatches, something like that. Like it was intense. It was a little funny. It was dramatic, but perfect. And that, w- that was visually probably the best thing, thing that they've, they've done. done on the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, agreed. That was so cool looking. And and butterflies invading the police station like that scene could have easily been stupid yes you know like that scene could have easily been just really really stupid um so i'm glad that worked out but moving to the this the episode seven uh which is entitled uh, Stop Dragon Stop Dragon My Heart Around which again just adorable cuz it's dragon d r a g o n because he's the white dragon the father mm-hmm. was the anti-hero supervillain white dragon uh stop dragon my heart around genius um in this episode you get Robert Patrick in the full suit out killing, trying to kill his son. They fight. They have an intense, intense battle. And spoilers, one, two, three, he kills him. Mm -hmm. You know, John Cena kills his father. Well, not John Cena's father, but the character Peacemaker Peacemaker kills his father. Um, in what I describe as the anti every version of this in movies and TV, whenever something like this happens, there's always a reason why that character doesn't pull the trigger. There's always mm-hmm. a reason why they let the person who's been manipulating them go free. And then that drama drags on. And I was expecting that. And when he just caps him, I was like, you know what? Yes, that's what you needed to do. Like you needed Without to be doubt. free of his nonsense. Yeah, I was all for it. Yeah. I was all for it. And again, like I want to I want to specify Robert Patrick is doing an excellent job of acting as the worst human being on the planet. Like right. That actor brought something to this character. 
He brought menace. He brought a little hilarity at times. And he brought grime. Like, you hate this person. Like, you hate this character because he's doing such a good job of acting that out. So kudos to him. Also, again, I used the phrase before, but like, Chris, what is you don't the John Cena captures man child, I think, better than anyone in recent times. There's very few people that do that better. Yes. Right now. And that's I mean, another the, the thing. last person who did it legitimately great probably mm. will ferrell probably will john c riley and stepbrothers that's correct that's probably that's correct. the last which is like very high praise that i can't think of anyone really since then that have done it this well that have done it this well and been both funny and vulnerable Oh yeah, he's do- he is displaying like a wide yes, range. I agree, which is crazy to think that you'd be saying that about John Cena. That's one hundred percent correct. So let's. Uh, the, I have only I mean, two other things to talk about in oh, this episode. Let's hear it. All right, and I'm going to save my favorite for last. But i finally bumped up against something where because this whole series i've been like all right hit hit perfect hit i love it excellent the this last episode when they reveal the cow all right yeah and they're like well they smuggled it in from their planet and they show it it is a giant uh floating insect adjacent creature like a pale pinkish it almost looks kind of like like a, like a baby too like a little it's like weirdly cute but not you know but it's like like let, let's put it in in earth terms it's about the size of a house would you agree if not bigger if not bigger so well apparently the whole concept is they teleport it they teleport it i'm fine with that but after seeing it what made me brush up against this issue like what what made me be like oh i guess that's too far for me to believe is how do these little butterfly creatures develop all this technology well, like, unless they're story? just inhabiting larger things like they're doing with the humans in order to do it. So, like, on their own planet, they're inhabiting Maybe. larger things. I Maybe. guess. Because that's that needs to get answered for me. Okay. I think that's fair. That would be interesting to learn. That was really they, something that I had thought of, but now that I know, right? In, like, in my mind, now I'm thinking it didn't, of it. It didn't hinder me at all throughout the series. But after seeing the cow, I'm like, that cow's giant. They're milking the cow. So obviously they eat this. They eat this stuff and they have an apparatus at home to milk this. Now they're here. They, they're possessing humans who have thumbs. And they all came here in little tiny metallic ships with like circuits. Mm. So I just, I, I think, I don't know. Like, 
I, I it just get, I had to ask some questions. It's it made me ask questions. Okay, I I I get that. What, what was the second thing? Your favorite thing, Chris? My my favorite thing is in this episode. I, once again, Eagerly is MVP of my heart. All right, I Hug. just I think yes. Oh my god. I'm going to admit it live on air for our, for our thousands of listeners. I'm going to admit it. I, I rolled an actual wet tear. Oh when my gosh. Wakes up and hugs John Cena. John Cena. So Peacemaker is in the vet's office and we just left vigilante, like threatening to kill the staff because they saw his face. But when he's talked out of it, he's like, oh, well, we'll just tie them up, but don't use tape because that'll hurt their skin. I was on the floor <laughs> laughing. I was on the floor laughing. The guy's like, so you have no problem murdering them, but where you draw the line is tape, skin irritation. from the tape. Right. And he's like, yeah, I laughed out loud. And seconds later, they took me from laughing to crying. John Cena's performance as the peacemaker on his knees praying that his best friend, this Eagle live after being attacked in the fight with his father and seeing the, like the stitch mark of, of Eagley's chest. It was so moving that I, I, I got him. I got misty eyed. I think a tear dropped you. Oh my God. Having feelings. I know. I felt too much. I felt too much. <laughs> I don't think I've cried. I've been cry free since 03. And this, I, I, I'm, I got misty. I mean, it was a. You'd have to be a robot. Thing. You'd have to be a robot. Yeah. It was an adorable thing. Yeah. I, I so that's my I favorite. I do have to agree. That I is do my have favorite. to agree with that. Um, I, I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with Eagley. Yeah, you really can't. They they've they've done an amazing job with Eagley. I I'll say this too. I have a I have a second favorite thing, um, from the from the the sequence where you go into why can't I think of it the the intro. Yes. Every time I watch it, I find something new. I've already talked about Eagley and his little sidestep trying to get straight i think it's right. brilliance this is the first time i ever noticed uh what's his name the little green fella yep the martial arts expert mm -hmm. when he at the very end when he's up on peacemaker's shoulders with his arms like in the in the giant y motion i don't know why that hit me right in the funny bone on this episode but it did like i every time i watch that intro to see something new and this week it was like well, look at him he's adorable on his shoulder with his wide arms right. like it just it just tickles me every they're doing everything right they're just doing everything right well that every week that's my favorite part yes oh so good all right. What what else we got discussing? You all good? 
Yeah, my favorite part every every single week is the the intro. Without yeah, a doubt. It's it's not even close. Yeah, um, it's it's so good. Uh how about our suggestions from last week? We have one more episode of Peacemaker coming yes. up. Um, so we'll talk about that next week, but we had Pam and Tommy and Nightmare Alley. So let's start with Nightmare Alley. What what did you think? So I actually think it's a little bit of a theme this week with me. Okay. And I'm actually, I, I might even bring in Pam and Tommy here. A okay. Because just comparing everything that we watched to like who kind of, I guess did the um, the groundwork to make things believable and who didn't, mm. if that makes sense. Kind of like what we talked about with Boba, then with Peacemaker, you see that they did do the groundwork. Boba, I felt like they didn't really. Um, with Nightmare Alley, I'm not sure they fully did the groundwork and I'll explain why. And then with Pam and Tommy, I feel like you completely understand why everyone's doing everything that they're doing Yes, because they're doing the groundwork. Um, But we'll get into that. So with Nightmare Alley, I feel like they, they missed me on um, like everything is explained well, except for, Bradley Cooper's character's motivation for money is essentially what it boils down to. I'm with you there. Like the whole reason why he's doing everything in this movie is essentially comes down to, I guess he just wanted more money and I don't know why he wanted that. Yeah. There was no explanation for his greed and there was no setup. Like there was, there was no. I didn't get any reason why he ended up with the carnies, or why that was the only thing he could do. He just right. kind of arrived, like he was there and in it. And what the connection was with him and his dad, like that was the backstory, right? It was him yeah. and his dad and what he did with his dad. But like, I don't. I don't know if there was something that I just wasn't understanding or what the deal was, but it just, it didn't all connect for me. Yeah. It's, I'm going to say this, like, I'm going to cut right to the chase. It's a no for me, dog. Like, Oh yeah. I didn't. And in fact, I'm going to go back to one of your suggestions that I thought was nuts, but, but I did enjoy. I am. I would have nominated Pig for more than I wouldn't have than the Oscars have nominated this movie for. I was sh- like, we found out about the Oscar nom before I watched this, so yeah. then I was like, oh, okay, I'm excited to see what they did. And I'm just like, I, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I was, it was, I was fine with it. it. I was slow. entertained. It was definitely way too long. Way too long. I was shocked way that it was long. two and a half hours. Way too it long. Did, there was yeah. a lot of things that were dragged out. And you know that's a pet peeve of mine. 
I know some of the performances were good. I thought Bradley Cooper did a good job. I thought everyone was was doing well. Obviously, our, our boy Willem Dafoe, mm. um, he's great, tremendous. Um, it was a but like visually, there were even some like they do some dragging out like with the they get kind of like artsy fartsy with the direction, which some yes. of it was like, oh, this looks cool. Okay, I see what they're doing aesthetically and whatever, and the setups and there's more of a um filmmakers movie if that makes sense as opposed to like uh, yeah, a writer's does. movie yeah. um i just you know and you could tell that by how on the nose they were with the ending which i figured that out the second they had he has the conversation with willem dafoe about mm-hmm. the geeks yep i was like yep. okay well this is what's about to happen to him he's gonna end up a geek yeah, I, I just, <sighs> so I was saying like, it's a no for me. I, I was not entertained by this movie and it, it takes a lot for a movie to really like do nothing for me. I, I think Bradley Cooper was doing his best John Hamm impression. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like jutting out his jaw doing that silent kind of reactive i'm a cool guy uh, big you know burly shouldered cool guy thing but it did it wasn't playing um we, we you mentioned willem dafoe willem dafoe did everything right willem dafoe was the most captivating character in this i think kate blanchett was misused or or not given enough to work with well, even though she was menacing another, that's another one who like i don't understand what her motivation was yeah. to ultimately do what she did right like, like okay she, that was the twist you know, like that's fine you threw in a twist but like make that twist believable why did she betray bradley cooper was it simply just because of you know him showing her up at the show and even then like you know then why like s- start ruining all these other people's lives? I just, I, I don't, that didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense. Why ruin these other people's lives? Like she was uh, trying to take out that old man, Grindel or Grendel, uh, for some reason she was, uh, it just, it just, none of it played. And, and what they were doing, this is a perfect example of the, of Oscar bait movie. Like they sat down, wrote a film with a concept and a time period and got together with a prominent d- director and were like, we're going to make a movie for the Oscars. And I think when they when you set out to make a movie for the Oscars, they always turn out bad. Without I, a doubt. Know, they always turn out bad. But if you just like nothing was compelling, it took too long to get anywhere. Uh, they they didn't give the actors anything to do. Like there was just like Kate Blanchett is so talented and so awesome, and she tried her hardest. But like, it just wasn't compelling. And this is another. This is a film that is also an example of the trailer being far more compelling than the film. Like, 
I watched this movie yeah. because of the trailer, but I wouldn't, having seen it now, I would recommend it to no one. Um, yeah, oh no, I, I don't think I'd recommend Like, again, like, I, I think I was strangely enough a little bit um, more positive on, on it than mm-hmm. you were, but n- like, not by much. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way recommending it. But what about how about now? I, I don't think we need to like spend more time on it. No, do you? Yeah. No, how, how about I, 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 how about Pam and Tommy? Oh my god, Pam and Tommy has become my my favorite thing outside of uh, Peacemaker and the Star Wars world. Like I thoroughly enjoyed watching that this week. So, and so here again, just to like go back to what I was saying too, now that yeah. we're talking about Pam and Tommy, like here is something where like Seth Rogen's character, I get why he was so annoyed with yes. Tommy, Tommy that Lee. he goes out and oh. he does what he does. They actually spent yes. an entire episode just on that, just giving us the background as to why he ends up doing what he did. And there's really... So I don't want to say there's no redeemable characters because Pam in this, they're making out to be like kind of a sweet victim of of her circumstances. Correct. And they're making Tommy Lee out to be, you know, a nut, which he probably is. And a jerk at times. Um, He, he's the rocker that you think of when you think of like rock star, as opposed to meatloaf, who's like, I sold four times as many records as you'll ever sell. And I am still not the jackass you are. Um, right. You know, but what, I, I don't buy this wholesome act that Pam is that they, they've given to Pam's character. Interesting. Yeah. Because I like, we live through this kind of like we've seen Pam Anderson. She's done some pretty, ridiculous things um voluntarily so i think they're doing a really good job of of boosting her image but then tell me if you agree the first two episodes i despise tommy lee the second the the third episode and we won't talk about the fourth one you start to come around on him a little bit don't you think i do because he's almost like listen he's quirky and and weird and very strange but you can yeah. you're actually buying into the love story between right. the two of them and he's right. legitimately genuinely happy that they're having a baby correct i think their love story he's actually very sweet and and That's, very yeah. supportive yeah toward um pam it's like you said it's they've they're they're giving us the details they're setting things up they're paying off on things and we understand everybody's motivation now the scene in the bathroom when tommy lee is talking (laughs) to his his man business might have been the the funniest thing I've encountered in the last three months. <laughs> I mean, because for a second, I'm like, they set it up where 
he you 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 close up on him and then they pan so it looks like he's looking into a mirror and i'm like all right he's giving himself a little pep talk he's talking to the mirror he's talking himself in the mirror and then they have this animatronic member that flops back and forth to have a discussion with him about pam anderson and the and, the, the kicker is that it's jason yes who is, who is brilliant just literally the perfect voice for yes this that's what i was thinking he is the perfect voice for that situation <laughs> oh it was just it, it's it's everything and i love a, a period piece and i was recently like lamenting the fact that there is no 90s nostalgia re- recently so this taking place in the 90s was great and it's been so long but like i remember people like talking about the web and calling it the web it's, i mean this for us was like you know uh, i don't know what year this was we were so young but still yeah. by the time we were old enough to understand like we we eventually even though it was years later like mm. learned about what happened in the situation well, and because there so, were lawsuits and stuff right, like that and they right. got caught let's like specifically for those of you that haven't watched it yet yeah okay so um i was saying for those that aren't aware of the situation or what the show is about here's what it is he the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee have this kind of whirlwind in real life, uh, this whirlwind marriage get together romance. They, they get married instantly and they become very famous early on before this was a thing that could catapult you to stardom. Uh, they make a sex tape on like super eight, you know, cassette old technology tape and he puts it in his safe and it gets stolen by uh, Rand Godier, who is played by Seth Rogen, uh, after not being paid for the carpentry work they were doing, he was doing on their house. They sell the tape. They make copies and sell the tape by mail. But in doing so, they make use of the World Wide Web, and it becomes the first time, one of the first times they're like, you're using this, it's like the black market. They're selling it, they have a satellite address so they can't get caught or trace the money, and people are sending physical checks to a P.O. box, and then they're getting a physical cassette tape uh, in the mail, VHS tape. What's what's crazy about it is that from a, like, business standpoint although obviously corrupt and wrong what they did from a business standpoint it was very innovative it was very innovative from a business standpoint but so what we were saying before about the web it's like you know seth rogan's character has to convince people in 1995 that this makes sense he's like no the web is is you know people have it You, you have a computer that doesn't mean you have the web but you go online, you type in these words, and this will pop up, and people will want to see this. And, and they, he was right. They think it's not traceable. Right. They think it's not traceable, 
which probably in 95 was probably hard. Maybe to do. not. I don't know. We're going to find yeah. out because I don't remember how they got caught. Yeah. But it's they're making money and they're doing it's like it's making sense. Also, uh, shout out to Nick Offerman, who is just doing a wonderful job playing a sleazeball. <laughs> like he is perfect. His yeah, hairstyle, his way of being, he's, he's doing very good. Who, um, who would you say is impressing you the most in this show? Who is impressing me the most? Well, it, it, it's tough because um, the two actors portraying Pam and Tommy uh, are, imp- are impressing me, but mainly because they're done up to look like them. So it's weird for me. Like Lily James, uh, who most recently was probably famous for being um, young Meryl Streep in the Mamma Mia sequel. And um, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier, they're just doing an amazing job because Mm. they look exactly like these people. Uh, yes but they're also like like obviously outside of looking like them i feel like they're really embodying who they the are people and who they yeah. are and that's part half of what makes it believable i Correct. i'll be honest i am shocked by sebastian stan's ability to like this is so far and away from anything that we're used to correct seeing him do um, so I'm, I think he's been for me, the most impressive. I, I think he, that. he comes out of this in a better career position than anyone else in the show. I think, I think that's fair, but I would, I, I would fair. give, I'd and give Lily credit. James is doing a great job too. She's like, doing an amazing no, job. No doubt. Doing a great job, but this is so much, so a departure for Sebastian Stan, I think. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with that. Um, but I will say this, I find myself enjoying when Seth Rogen acts as opposed to does comedy. Like he's acting, he's funny in this. Yes. But he's do he's like, he's playing a part. Like you can tell this, he's far more reserved. Definitely. Uh, and I like that's it. I like yeah, it. that's no question. There's obviously the silliness of the entire situation, which they they convey brilliantly. But he yeah. is doing a great job. Like he he's a down on his luck. Like that his wife left him mm. because she's uh, it seems like she's gay. That's right. my assumption. So left him and he, you know, goes and does this job for Tommy Lee and he's paying for all of the construction materials and everything like that out of his own empty pockets because he's just putting it all on credit cards on his master and he can't afford any of it. And Tommy Lee is stiffing him. Right. Um, and that, that is a very like stressed position to be in for anyone and he's doing a good job of kind of portraying that I, he really is like he he's he's compelling he's compelling he's doing you an feel for job. you feel for him and you kind of get like what's happening like i get that you're doing this i get why but i love the nostalgia i dig what's going on i forgot what a 
force Pamela Anderson was like in yes. the nineties, you know, like I forgot how much she was around. What's interesting too about that though, which I think they're doing a good job conveying mm-hmm. as well is like, yes, she was a force publicly, but she also like had almost no control whatsoever yes. over her life and what was going on and her career. Correct. Correct. Which, you know, it, it just, it was, it was all very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch more. This is a show that I will watch all the way through. It, it was a, a good start. Yes. So I'm excited to see what they, how they finish it. Yeah, this was a hit. I'm happy. I'm happy we did this. Um, well, for next week, do we have suggestions for each other for next week? I do. I have a suggestion for you that I saved and teased last episode. All right. So do you want to, you want to go last so you can sell it? Yeah. You give me your suggestion. You've got two choices. I hope you haven't seen them. You may have seen one. Okay. Uh, uh, Recently. So one is a police drama. Okay. Very famous police drama. Okay. It is from the 70s. It's a period mm-hmm. piece. Well, it's not a period piece. It was filmed in the 70s. Um, but the reason I chose it as one of the options is because uh, Gene Hackman is the star. And he recently put a picture up on, on the social medias. His family did because people were like, is Gene Hackman dead? And they were like, no, he's just... <laughs> retired and golfing in florida and having a wonderful time yeah and they put up a picture of him and he looks great uh it is the french connection okay now the second which is an amazing film it's got roy schreider in it you know a classic a classic that i have not seen okay so if you're in the mood for a like it's it's not an overly long movie but that's and to me that's an oscar movie not okay. one that was made for the Oscars, but they just wanted to tell this story. It's based on true events, obviously with some liberties taken and became a classic. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I, after I watched that movie, I went back over where things were streaming for free. And when I saw that, I was like, now that's a period piece, Oscar worthy movie. And that other thing was a pile of crap. However, <laughs> My second choice for you is light and fluffy because you know I'm always worried about your mental well-being. Wow. Given your given your uh, suggestions to Unbelievable. me. Unbelievable. So I always sorry, throw you're the in one who suggested Nightmare Alley. I always throw Yes, you know why? Because the media <laughs> blitz the most depressing of anything that we've How dare you? seen. It was the yes, because it was horrible. Um uh because I was taken in by by the media on that one. All right. They promised me a different movie. Blame the media. Blame them. Blame the media. Uh, They gave me fake news with my trailer there. (laughs) So my other choice (laughs) is something I went to the theater to see because I was obsessed with this actress. Remain so, even though she hasn't really been around and I haven't liked what she's done recently. Um, It is Sandra Bullock in The Proposal. I have seen that. 
you have, that's and it has Betty White Reynolds. in it. It so has I thought Betty it was a nice... White in it. Yes, yeah. I. That was a fun movie. It was a fun, fun light hearted movie. It's mm-hmm. you know not knocking your socks off, but if right. you want a nice enjoyable evening, if yeah. you're into rom coms and everybody was your doing significant with other likes rom coms as well, it's a nice fun movie to watch with your significant other. Indeed. Um, so I'm going to watch French Connection. I'm excited to watch it. It's funny because I saw that that was streaming the other day. I was like, this is a movie I've never seen and I should probably watch. So I'm glad that I'm actually going to dedicate my time to watch it now, definitively. Perfect. Okay, for you, because I've received so much slander, Uh I am going to give you a uh, movie that I in the last couple of months watched this is a um, movie that came out last year um, it's tough to get more bubbly than an animated musical okay um, for children oh Jesus I know where this um, is going I am suggesting a movie that has like all of its songs right now on the Billboard 100 charts. <laughs> okay. Encanto. Encanto. Which here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're not big into you know the Disney movies and, and Lin Manuel Miranda. You're not the biggest fan of right. Well, even though you liked Hamilton, I enjoyed Hamilton. I feel like you're hot and cold on Lin Manuel. He has his moments. Yeah. Um, I will say, at the very least, every single song in this movie is mm-hmm. an absolute jam. Okay. Every song is so good. An absolute jam. Yeah. Without a doubt. So at the very it's a fun story. Um, they, they do a really good job. Visually, they do a great job. I think... Um, Lynn manuel he wrote all of the songs. He didn't write the movie, obviously, but he wrote all of the songs for it. And I feel like, um, you know, he did the stuff. I, I think he did the songs for Moana. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point, the movie, because I saw an interview with him, the movie had already been done and written. And this was, he just wrote the songs afterwards. He got hired for it. This was before the movie was while the movie was in like development he was writing the songs while the script was being written so it was kind of easier for him it was a better situation he said and it you can tell like this movie basically i after watching it i was like he just needs to this needs to be his career (laughs) he just needs he is the perfect person for disney songs for Disney songs. and Disney movies, perfect, absolutely perfect person for that. Um, so, anyways, I'm excited for you to watch and um, feel all good and and bubbly inside. And um, stop slandering me. Stop slandering. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm ready for this. I will watch this. I've heard many, many things. <laughs> if if anything, just to be you know, in with the the times and and what's happening. 
I do need to be in with the times. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You're a teacher of, of, of young people who I'm sure have all seen this movie. So now I've got can... to be hip and with it. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, well, that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you all for listening to another episode of It Was All a Stream. Um, if you would, we would really appreciate it if you would uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is that you are listening to the podcast. We are on every major podcast platform, including the great glueedtothescreen.com, Neil's very own website that is glued the number two the screen.com Neil what do you guys say to the people stream on everybody <laughs> <laughs>